0: I want to welcome all of our campuses to week four of our series entitled Mind Games. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us. They we're excited to have all of you with us today. So we are talking about the challenges that all of us deal with in our minds. Today I want to talk to you about this concept. I want to talk to you about how you can change your view of you. The story is told of the dad and the son. They were out hiking. And as they were going through a little bit of a difficult pass, uh, the son slipped and he began to roll down the side. Now, the good thing is it wasn't too steep. He began to roll down the side of this mountain and, and he was caught by a bush. As he was caught by the bush, he, he, he yelled out there and he says, Help! I need help! Next thing you know, he heard actually somebody shouting back at him, help, I need help. Confused, he thought to himself, what is going on? He then said, who are you? And of course, he heard back, who are you? He was totally bewildered by this. And then he finally got frustrated. And he says, you're a coward. And of course, sure enough back, you're a coward. About that time, the dad got down there, and luckily, the son had been caught by a bush, and he was able to get the son out of the bush, and, and, the da- and the young man looked at this dad, and he said, Dad, what is going on? Every time I yell out, it's like the same thing comes back, and the dad kind of chuckles, and he says, Son, that's, that's called an echo. And he goes, Watch this. You've got what it takes. And he hears, You've got what it takes. And the boy looks at him and goes, Dad, I, I guess because I, I, I'd never been in an environment like this to, to hear like." And he said, son, that echo actually has a lot to do with life. The messages that you send out are often the messages that you receive. Question, what messages are you sending out every day about yourself? I want to talk to you today about changing Your view of you. I want to talk to you about the messages that we send out. That we all grapple with. This is a challenge. It's in the mind. What I said week one is the things that are in our mind. What we think about determines what we feel what we feel and what we think determines the decisions we make. And then it's the habits and, and on and on from there. Ultimately, if we don't like where our life is, we don't like what we have in life. We've got to go back to what we've been thinking about God. The thoughts that we have about ourselves. Thoughts are so powerful. The fact of the matter is, is some of you have been sending out, I would say this respectfully as your pastor. Some of you have been sending out some pretty horrible messages about yourself. We all have actually at times. I'm so terrible. I'll never change. I'll always be like this person. I can't do it. I don't have what it takes. You send that out long enough. You send out this message. I'll never change. I'll always struggle with that. You send that out enough. You believe it enough. It becomes part of your reality. Whether God says it or not, you believe it's true. I'll just never change. I'll always be like my dad. I'll always be like this. I'll always be like Grandpa. I'll I'll, I'll never do Question. What messages are you sending out about you? The good news is that we can change that. You and I can change the messages that we're sending out about ourselves. We can have, the Bible talks about a biblical attitude. We can start sending out different messages. You are a new creation in Christ. Isn't that refreshing just to hear that? I know that was good for me when I was 19 years old, because I felt like anything but a new creation. You are clean and forgiven by the blood of Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. It's amazing to, the messages. If we begin to send out the right messages, let me tell you something, because life is an echo. What you send out, it is coming back to you. Question, what messages are you sending out every day? What messages are, are you thinking about? What messages? Because what you think about determines what you feel. Pastor, I don't like what I'm feeling. Go back to what you've allowed to go into your mind. You can change what you're feeling. You can change the decisions you're making by what you're going, what's allowed in your mind. What messages are you sending out? I'm so grateful that early in my walk with Christ, there was great men that were discipling me, and they'd catch you. I'm telling you, they were they were they were in a good way like coaches. Hey, don't say that about yourself. Sometimes the worst things that we say about anybody are actually about ourselves. You can't, you won't, you're not. Question. Are the things you say about yourself, do they line up with what the Word of God says about you? Yeah. Our theme verse for the series has been Proverbs 23.7. It says, for as a person thinks in their heart, so are they. As a person continually meditates, my whole goal in this series is begin to challenge you. To challenge you to think differently, to challenge you to think biblically, to challenge you to think and to speak differently. Because if, if, if we can begin to think God's thoughts and we begin to speak God's words over ourselves, over our future, by the way, over our family, over our church, over our nation, over our children, what we send out comes back. What are we thinking about? What are we speaking about? Can we change our thoughts? Yes. Can we speak different words? The answer is yes. Today, I want to talk to you about a powerful, powerful account in the Old Testament. I want to talk to you about a man named Gideon. Turn with me, if you have your Bible, to Judges chapter 6. If you're a guest here, we do put the scriptures uh, up on the screen. I want to talk to you about Judges chapter 6, a man named Gideon who initially sent some terrible messages about himself out. He sent him out. You're going to hear him in just a moment. Remember, life is an echo. What you sent out, whatsoever a man and a woman sows, that shall they also reap. Gideon spoke horribly about himself. It's interesting as we come on the scene in Judges chapter 6. While you're turning there, I'm going to give you just a little bit of backdrop. Judges chapter 6. It's an interesting thing. Gideon was a man that God raised up, but he went through a process in doing so. As we come on the scene, the Israelites had fallen away from following God. You ought to read the book of Judges. Of course, the children of Israel went into the promised land, the book of Joshua, and then in Judges, God began to raise up Judges. This was prior to the days of the kings, and the Spirit of the Lord would come upon Judges, and and they would operate in a, a leadership capacity and, and then the whole nation of Israel would go into a backslidden condition. And God would have to raise up another judge. They'd begin to walk with God, then the nation of Israel would fall away from God, God would raise up another judge. What a terrible cycle, by the way. It doesn't have to be that way. And yet, the children of Israel would come on the scene and they had fallen away from God. As a result they removed themselves by the way I believe we can do this they removed themselves from God's protection and when they did that the enemy came into their land I believe that we can disobey God if we do it consistently enough I believe that we can remove ourselves from the protection of God and we can open ourselves up to all kinds of things that God never intended so we see here the Midianites the enemy of God the enemy of God's children had come in it had gotten so bad that the children of Israel were actually hiding in caves. God's hand was upon their life. God's calling was upon them. And they're hiding in caves. In fear. Wow. Pastor Steve, as a child of God, can we walk away from God and and can we get to such a place where we've lost fellowship, however theologically you want to say it, uh, where, where we can get to a place where we, we've opened ourselves up to the enemy, where we're actually living under what God intended? Absolutely we can. Read the product of the story of the prodigal son. I mean, here it is, the children of Israel, they're actually in caves, and they're in destitution spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and yes, even financially. They're missing out on God's best because... thoughts were away from God. I I want to say this to you. I want every campus to understand and hear what I'm about to say. If your thoughts stay away from God long enough, your life will be away from God. Isaiah says that. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 7 and 8. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his. Everybody say Come on, say it. Thoughts. And let him return to the Lord And he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. The prophet Isaiah is telling us, keep a close account of your thoughts. Pastor, I don't know why I just don't feel close to God right now. Could it be that you've allowed some things in your mind that shouldn't be there? You're watching some things. Watch the eye gate. Watch the ear gate. What are you allowing in your ear? What conversations are you exposing yourself to? What are you watching? What are you allowing to come through the TV that's putting you to sleep at night with? Oh my gosh. Do you really think what's coming through the TV is soothing your soul like the harp David played in the Old Testament? (laughs) Don't get me started. The word got out, I spoke to the men on Tuesday night at the church. The word got out that the women want to hear me preach like I preached to the men on Tuesday night. The word has gotten out. I've got, a, I've got a lot of messages, Pastor, I feel like you kind of filter it down on the weekend. Should I just kind of go wide open today? Should I do that? I don't know if y'all, I, man, I'm, I'm a little nervous because it's the ladies in the house, you know. I'm serious. Ladies are like, Pastor, we want you to do the next women's night. I didn't take that wrong. (laughs) The Bible says that our thoughts, our life follow our thoughts. Our life follows our thoughts. Pastor, I don't feel close to God. Could it be your thoughts are away from God? (sighs) The prophet's telling us, Return to the Lord. How do I return to the Lord? Return to the Lord. How do you return to the Lord? The first place you return to the Lord is your thoughts. What are you you putting before your eyes? What are you allowing your ears to hear? Back to Gideon. The children of Israel began to realize they were away from God. And they were experiencing tremendous pain because of their choices and the circumstance they found. By the way, I've taught this for 23 years. Church of the King started 23 years ago. I've taught this for 23 years, actually for 30 years. I've been in the ministry 30 years, and here's what I've said. There's two reasons why people change. I want everybody to hear me, every campus. Two reasons why people change. Number one, revelation, or number two, tribulation. Number one, people change because of pain or because they embrace the Word. Revelation, everybody say, Revelation. They they change from revelation from the Word of God or tribulation they experience enough pain in your life now i'd like to say that i'm just such a good student a good follower a disciple of jesus right that i mean i just immediately i always change because of revelation yes lord Yes, sir, I hear it. I will never go the errant path. Well, the truth is I'm getting better, but there's times when I, I, I don't have the hearing I should. He who has an ear, let him hear. And I don't hear the way I should, and I don't obey the way I should. But God is faithful to allow me to experience a little bit of tribulation to get me back on course. By the way, that's the old adage with your child, right? You, you tell your child when they're, when they're when they're growing up. Here it is. It's, it's the famous... Story that we give them that is an actuality. Here it is: Don't touch the stove; it's hot. If you touch the stove, you're gonna what? Come on, everybody, say it. At the count of three: one, two, three. You're going to what? Burn yourself. Don't touch the stove because if you touch the stove, you're gonna burn yourself. Well, invariably, at some point in time, at least back in the seventies and eighties, I know it's sophisticated now. I know it's different now, you know, the houses they build, you know. But, but I know us back in the 70s. Look, I know what happened. I know myself too. At some point in time, you touch something that's hot and you go, ouch. It was not my will or my parents' will for me to get burned. It was my parents' will for me to obey their word. But pain teaches us as well don't have to go through it but it does teach us yeah they had experienced so much pain they were ready to change they were just like all right god and god had a plan the israelites cried out to god in their pain their tribulation and god chose to send a man to deliver israel so here's god's plan he sends an angel from god to a man named Gideon, he's gonna raise him up. Watch this interface, you're not going to, if you've never read this before, this is so profound. It's unbelievable on the front end, it's like, what? How is he, well just watch. Gideon, everybody listen, Gideon had been sending out a lot of bad messages about himself. <clears throat> All right, let me just jump into it. <clears throat> Judges chapter 6 verse 11, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree which was in Oprah. not Or, I, the lady's name, I, I, it's just close, it's close, which belonged to Joash the Asperite while his son Gibeon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites, by the way, you don't do that in a cave. You shouldn't, it should always be out in the open, but they're doing the cave. Why? They're hiding it from the Midianites. Why were the Midianites not, it's there? Because they disobeyed God, their protection walls were removed, and the enemy just moved in. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, he's hiding, and he says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Hold on. What really is going on? Gideon is shrinking back in fear, from the enemy he's hiding in a wine press he's threshing wheat so his family would have food watch this he's hiding in a wine press normally grain was always threshed out in the open but he's hiding why is he hiding he's scared why is he scared because the midianites are there why are they there because they've disobeyed god they've not apparently experienced enough pain to change and they didn't hear the word but now they're coming close lord help me to not have to experience so much tribulation before I just finally embrace your word. Please, God. Lord, help me to be a quick learner. Please, Lord. <sighs> Gideon is underground in a wine press in fear. Gideon's living far below. I believe that there are Christians living far below what God intended. I believe we all at times live far below what God intends in every area of our lives because of fear, because of worry. God had called him. However, the angel appears to him with this powerful message, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. He didn't believe it at first. In the natural, it doesn't seem right. How can Gideon be a mighty man of valor? He's hiding. He's in fear. But wait, Gideon goes to another level. He starts arguing with the angel from God. No, 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 you don't understand how bad I am, how, no, no, you don't understand, God, does your, wait, time out, you don't understand, and he starts going through a litany of why he's not qualified. You ever been there before? God tells you to step out at work, God tells you to start a small group, God tells you to start a business, God tells you to do whatever. And we immediately start evaluating our weaknesses, our old human tendencies, our proclivities towards, you know, wrongdoing. And we start immediately disqualifying ourselves. Obviously, God is, you know, he's seeing something Gideon's not seeing. I'll tell you what God is seeing. God has created each one of us in his image, in his likeness. his dominion and listen to me I want everybody to hear what I'm about to say and God knows your potential he's the manufacturer we're the product he understands our potential and by the way your potential is a lot greater than you realize in God not apart from God oh no not apart from God but in God And God saw something much bigger in Gideon than he saw himself. Question. What messages have you been saying about yourself every day? Back to the story. The conversation continues. Gideon goes up another level. Verse 13, Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are his miracles, which our fathers told us about, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours, you, and save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not said to you? Have I not sent you? And he said, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel I didn't go to the right school. I don't have the right education. God, you don't understand my past. Well, he didn't say that exactly, but close. Here's what he said. Indeed, my client is the weakest. Since when does God ask you for your resume when he calls you? I'm asking everybody that. When does God say, well, let me tell you something. I had a couple one time come and he said, Pastor, listen, one of the pastors have asked us to do a marriage small group? No, no, you don't understand something. Our marriage was a mess. No, no, you don't understand like how bad it was. I said that doesn't disqualify you. That actually qualifies you. <laughs> uh, does that make sense? That you can I, oh, listen. Matter of fact, why don't you for six weeks, just tell everybody everything you did wrong, but one thing you did right. Follow Jesus at the end and God transformed. In other words, in other words, all of those years, listen, that actually qualifies you to tell somebody what not to do, how to follow God and how to do things right. Does that make sense? Those that come out of addiction, oh man, are they highly qualified to help people in addiction. Let me tell you where you shouldn't go. Let me tell you what you shouldn't do. Let me tell you what. He disqualifies himself. Question. What message are you sending out about your self, 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 self? Wow. Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. I'm weak, my tribe isn't real good, and I'm, the, and I'm the lowest in the whole tribe. God, you obviously are tired. You've been doing this a long time. <laughs> You're going to have to pick somebody else.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You ever felt like that before? What thoughts do you allow to go through your mind? Now, I'm not talking about arrogant thoughts. By the way, the most insecure, egotistical people, are people that I'm not talking about I'm better you're you're, we think we're better than other people by the way your competition in life is not against anybody else it's against your own potential just remember that but we should think God's thoughts I've called you I've anointed you I've marked you take a look God comes to our friend Gideon to encourage him to step out to step forward God's telling us to step out to step forward I know the last couple of years, maybe it's been tough for some of you guys. For all of us, at some level, we've been impacted, but, but I'm telling you, God, let me. your life's not over. You still have a pulse, which means you still have a purpose, which means you still have breath in your lungs, which means God still has a plan for your life. God still has a plan for your life. Let the place of pain become the place of ministry and mercy to hurting people. He's called him. Anybody been hearing those voices lately? God's forgotten me. God, do you see what I'm going through? Of course God does. Yeah. Am I really competent, God? Do I have what it takes? I generally am an optimistic person. But there are times and there have been seasons of my life where I've been overwhelmed with negativity. And I thought thoughts about God, about myself, about life that surprised me. One of one, I'll, I'll, I'll be transparent, one of which was when I was 40, when I went through that burnout time. There was about a three to six month period of time, oh, I had real dark thoughts. Not suicidal, but real dark thoughts. Like, I'm just a loser, I can't, I can't believe this, I, I'm not qualified to be a pastor. I went through a burnout time. I didn't do anything immoral, but I'm gonna tell you something, I felt like I, we were in a, a recession. For those of you that might not know, we were building a big building in our Little Creek campus and the loan got pulled. We had to raise a whole bunch of money, and I just it just buckled me. And I and I just felt like, oh my gosh, I've let our church wrong and what happened, and even though our elders were involved, but I just thought something happened and and and, and 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 I just felt like such a loser. And everybody was so uh, disappointed in me as a pastor. And I just felt that. I, fe- I just felt. Maybe, maybe that was just in my mind. But I'm going to tell, tell you, I heard it every day in my mind. And oh, man, there was days I just wanted to quit. You ever been there where you just didn't want to get out of bed in the morning? Come on. well you don't have to raise your hand. I know I was there. I know I was there. And then they sent me to the counselor who was a psychotherapist. That's a horrible name. How about Life Coach? That was a rough time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I had those thoughts. I've been there. I know exactly. By the way, when, when, I'm, when I'm talking about these things, this is not theoretical. It's not theoretical. What message should I talk about? Make up a time when you can, so you can empathize with people. no. I know what it's like. God, where are you? i tell you where God was. God was right with me. God, have you forsaken me? God did not forsake me. I don't feel competent. Of course, in your own strength you're not, but with my strength you can do all things. There are moments in our lives, I'm telling you, and if you've not been there, you'll come to that point. I'm not prophesying it. It's just a reality of human life. A kid makes a poor choice. You feel like a terrible parent. Marriage bump happens. Situation at work, what happened, I wasn't seeing it. Something goes awry, something happens, you never you never calculate it. And let me, oh, by the way, by the way, I want to help everybody, every campus, look right here. There's a real devil that wants to whisper to you and help you wrongly interpret what happened just then. Just remember that. Oh, oh wait, 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 here it is, here it is. It's called, it's called, it's called the fiery darts of the wicked one, Ephesians chapter six. Don't ever forget that. There's a real devil. I'm the least. I can't. What's up? (sighs) Yes, we all have areas we need to improve in. Yes, we all need to learn to press forward. But I'm telling you right now, there are lies that we allow to germinate that God never intended. There's lies. God knows that we are not perfect. There's only one person who was perfect. His name is Jesus. They killed him. But I often wonder how many times God's heart is broken when we focus more on our inadequacies than our capabilities in God. I wonder how God's heart is broken when we focus on our flesh our weaknesses, are inadequacies rather than his strength and his... Oh, it's not to suggest this is not there. I get that. We're wrestling with this stuff till we get to heaven, but it's an issue of focus. Am I going to focus more on what I'm not and my flesh and when I said the wrong thing and I get no, no, it's not that we can't grow, but I'm telling you, it's an issue of focus. If you are consumed with what you're not versus more than what you are in God, I'm telling you, it's going to affect how you relate to life. It's an issue of your focus and perspective. In other words, people that focus on their weaknesses all day long, not realizing that hyper-negative interest. You know what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians? I'll give you a thought. Here's what he said. He talked about this. He goes, I don't even judge myself. The Holy Spirit. Let me just tell you this. We ask the Holy Spirit to search our hearts. We don't search our own hearts. You, search, you go on a fishing expedition, you're going to find all kinds of junk. But you ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, search my heart. There's any sin in my life? And he added, Lord, I pray you can, I'll just put your finger on it. Boom, I'll repent. I'll own it and I'll get it out. But Lord, Lord, I'm going to focus on your righteousness. Yeah, Gideon. Gideon was sending the wrong messages out. um, I'll say this. It's not until you come to Christ that the possibility for true change happens. But after you come to Christ... You have to understand what happens to you. You become a new creation in Christ. There is a controversy that has been part of probably the body of Christ for I don't know how many generations. And the controversy is, and I believe it's a misunderstanding of Scripture, is that you should never have a healthy self-image. You should never have a healthy self-concept. In other words, you should hate yourself. Well, doesn't the Bible say that you lay down your life? The Bible says lay down your life, but I'm not, to not hate my life. Well, well, well don't I give up my life? Yeah, but I, that's not self-denigrating my life. Matter of fact, the greatest commandment Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22 is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love, that's number one. Everybody say number one. Number two is to love thy neighbor as what? Everybody say it. Pastor Steve, is it appropriate? I want everybody to hear me. Is it appropriate to have healthy biblical self concept? The answer is yes. Matter of fact, you show me somebody that can't get along with people, I'll show you somebody that hates themselves. I don't hate myself. I've struggled at times. I, I don't hate myself. a matter of fact, matter of fact, I, what, I'm, what I'm talking about is we're not only made in the image of God by way of creative intent from the beginning, but we've also been redeemed by Christ. Yes, we still have a flesh, but there, there, there needs to be a... I'm not talking about a narcissistic self-love that focuses on self, but if I focus on God and I focus on others, the byproduct of that is that I actually appreciate how God has designed me and how God has redeemed us. Gideon needed this message. The angel of the Lord is trying to get that message across. Don't miss this. The angel of God is trying to get that message across. Gideon, wake up. Gideon, I, I wake up, Gideon. Matter of fact, God has been trying to tell all of us, I wonder if our continual sabotaging of relationship after relationship after relationship, after relationship it's because we truly do, in our mind, hate ourselves. That's not biblical. It's not biblical. Oh, we can hate what sin does to us. But we love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we love thy neighbor as as thy say it. Selves. Now I know somebody's gonna email me, Pastor, the Bible. No, 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 listen, it's biblical. It's biblical. Yeah. Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13: For God is working in you, giving you both the desire, the willingness, and the power. To do what pleases Him. Did you know that God wants to place in you both the desire and the power to fulfill His purpose? God is working in us. God is working in us. What is God wanting to do? I'm going to tell you what God's wanting to do. He's wanting to work with us to help us excavate thought patterns that would be driven into us, that would color us, and that would cause us, watch to make poor choices and to sabotage our destiny. Watch this final interchange. This is so powerful. Verse 11. Gideon was afraid of the enemy. He was living in fear. By the way, we are to have a a healthy understanding of the enemy, but we don't live in fear of the enemy. He's a created being. God is a creator. Verse 12, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. God saw him the way God sees you and I, created to make a difference. Mighty woman of God, mighty man of God. Listen to me. If you're a child of God, let me tell you God's seeing you. If you've been redeemed by the blood of Christ, listen to me closely. Listen to me. Mighty woman of God, mighty man of God, I don't care what situation you're living in, mighty man of God. Let me, listen, listen. If you believe that, if you believe that, remember, he wasn't living like that, but that's what God said about him. If you believe, matter of fact, the reason why he was living like that is because he didn't believe what God said about it. The reason why we mess up our relationships is because we don't believe what God says. Because the person that truly believes who God is and believes what God says about they are secure. And they're givers in relationships. And they don't self-sabotage. This is the moment. The whole nation, the whole nation of Israel, listen. And the deliverance of a nation is based upon this one guy believing one message from God through that angel. You gotta see this. God may be calling you to to break the curse off of your family of generations of unbelievers and alcoholism and perversion. And you may be the man, you may be the woman, but you gotta believe what God says. You gotta believe it. Listen. Your children and your children's children, somebody's got to believe what God says about them. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. What are you going to do, Gideon? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do, Gideon? The Lord is with you, Gideon. The Lord is with you, Gideon. The Lord is with you, Gideon. Gideon started believing it. And a faith, listen to me, a faith came alive. The Lord is with you, Gideon. The Lord is with you. I know, God, but look, it's so hard out there, and it's so bad out there. Since when do our circumstances define us? God's Word defines us.
1: I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you.
0: I know, but it doesn't... It doesn't seem like it. Since when does what seems like it has anything to do with what God says?
1: I'm with you. I'm with you.
0: Well, Pastor Steve, what do we do? I'll give you one thing and we'll close. Just one. Just one. What did Gideon do? Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I have set before you life and death. Everybody say life and death. Blessing and cursing. Everybody say, blessing and cursing. Therefore, 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 choose life. Therefore, choose what God says about you. Therefore, choose to believe what God says, even how you, in spite of how you feel about yourself. By the way, you are not what you feel. You're not what you feel. You're not what you feel. Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Oh, Pastor, my choices have consequences. Yeah. Gideon believed the word of the Lord. If you read the book of Judges, he rose up. God used him mightily. But there was a moment. There's a moment in all of our lives. And all of our, are we going to believe what God says? Mighty man, mighty woman of valor or we're going to believe our circumstances? Mighty man of God, or are you going to believe how you feel? Yeah. Yeah. I've got more to say, but I need to stop. But let this rest upon you tonight, today whatever campus you are, Atlanta, wherever you are, let, let it, Biloxi, let it rest. You've got to choose to believe, almighty oh, man of valor, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads, every campus. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence here right now. Can't you sense that? That's the presence of Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you. With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, if you are not sure about your relationship with God, if you're not sure if you die today that you're ready to stand before God, I want to pray for you. I can't save you. Church of the King can't save you, but I'm going to tell you who can, His name is Jesus. Here's what the Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today, you're ready to stand before God? With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed at every one of our campuses, those that are Joining us online right now, literally all over the world, I'm asking you right now, do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today, you're ready to stand before God? The Spirit of God is talking to you right now. In just a moment, the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand up. Pastor, I need Jesus. I need the blood of Christ to wash me, to cleanse me, to make me new, if that's you. One, two, three, quickly hold your hand up high so I can see it. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir, right there. God bless you, sir. Wow, God bless you, ma'am. God bless you right there as well. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. God bless you, sir. God bless you, buddy. Anybody else? Pastor, God bless you, sir. Holy Spirit of God, do your work, Lord. Do your work, oh God. Your presence. With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, let's pray. All of our campuses praying together. Those that are with us online. Online campus, we're going to pray. Come on, let's pray together. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Make me new. Give me a new heart and a new life. I want you to say this last thing. Say, Jesus, I take my life. I put in your hands. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people.
1: Wow, what an amazing message. But hey, we don't want to miss this moment. We want to take a second to pause right here and recognize those of you who are making the decision right now to give your lives to Jesus. This is an amazing moment. This is special because the Bible says that right now you have been welcomed in to the family of God. And what a privilege and honor that is. But there's more good news. See, you don't have to figure this whole journey out by yourself. We would love as your church family, we'd love the opportunity to walk alongside you, to resource you, to equip you in this brand new life with Christ. If you would click the link in the chat room right now, we would love to follow up with you, to hear your story, and to be able to talk with you as you begin your new life with Jesus. And once again, welcome to the family. Yes, we are so excited for you. But man, how about today's message? Wasn't that powerful? If you have been impacted, please let us know in the chat room right now. Talk to us a little bit about it. That was incredible. And we cannot wait for next week as we continue to learn what it means to take those thoughts captive using the power and the authority that God has given to us. Hey, and next week is week five, the final week of this series. And the series has been so good so far, and we know that we are going to end it with a bang. It's going to be powerful. So, hey, wherever you're at, why don't you take a minute right now even to send out some text messages, invite family, invite some friends to attend service with you next week because it's going to be powerful same time, same place. Have a great week. We love you guys. See you soon.